0: And welcome back to another episode of City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey as media director, and it is September, September 2022. Hello, boss. How are you? I'm doing well. 9 7 22. 9 7 is when we are
1: recording this, of course. Did you have a nice Labor Day weekend? We did, actually. My wife and I snuck away for a couple of days on the Cape in West Palma. It was beautiful. Yeah. That's I don't nice. get to do that too often. So
0: We are here on this Wednesday, is when we're recording this, the day after primary day. Let's talk a little bit about the election, talk about how Quincy does it. Let's talk about the—it's usually not a very busy—especially when it rains.
1: Well, it's interesting. I, uh, first of all, congratulations to Nikki Cole, the city clerk who oversees the elections, along with Joe Newton the Assistant City clerk and the entire staff down there. they do incredible work. We never have those crazy issues to see about on the news from time to time. And, of course, what happened in Bonstable was just crazy yesterday. They couldn't open the vault door with all the crazy. It's just In this day and age, it's hard to believe. But, anyway, stuff happens. I get it. But, anyway, we had, I think, just a little over 19% turnout for Quincy. Um, she was predicting 25%. Um, the rain probably offset that a little bit. And of course their job is to encourage voters not to discourage them. So I get when they throw the number out there. Um, but having said that, I, I, I have these conversations with Nikki. I said, okay, what is the early voting doing? This mail-in voting and early voting, how is it affecting the roles? I said, is it bringing new people in? I said, or is it just making it more convenient for those that regularly vote? She says, it's making it more convenient for those that vote. So, and I, I ran into people, um, We said, oh, I voted just to get out of the way. You know, I don't have to worry about that day, that kind of a thing. So I don't think it's this big, big change that's going to create all kinds of new voters coming to the polls. And and this showed it, the primary, you know, 19 percent. Not great. You know, I mean, we're better than some other urban districts. But we are. I was just going to ask you that. We are better. And Quincy does. I mean, we have a great voting population here, right? We have a good voting population. Obviously, the turnouts could be better. And I go back and forth about this. I was on cable uh, getting interviewed by Joe and Mark, and we were talking about elections in general, and you know, we talked about this process. And are people going to, are more people going to come out and vote because you can do it by mail or do early voting, or is it just going to make it easier for people to vote? And at the end of the day, we all like to see numbers better. But the flip side of that is, too, in this country, you have the privilege and right to vote you also have the right not to vote you know so we, you know I like to see more people vote the flip side of that is you don't want everybody voting that doesn't do their homework either that has no idea who the candidates are what the issues are so it's a it's interesting I obviously would like to see more people voting but um, and if you don't vote you can't complain that's well, my, that that's, that's my legitimate opinion. no I've always yeah. I have, I've always said that I agree with that for sure <laughs> that's part of civic civics 101 right part of being a the responsible citizen truly is to get out and vote. But having said that, there were some races that were close. That Actually, they didn't turn out to be as close as some of the polls were showing. So it was in some interesting races. And, of course, Mara Healy had no opposition in the primary, so she did just fine. The senator, Diaz, they had pulled out. She was still on the ballot, but she had withdrawn in June. And then, of course, uh, I was supporting Kim Driscoll for lieutenant governor. and She's the mayor of Salem. She's been mayor for 16 years. She's very sharp.
0: She's done a I've, great job of and, tourism up
1: there. Yeah, she's done a great job overall with that city. She's, uh, she's done an, uh, And, and I, the, one of the reasons I support her and Mara, uh, Mara has done a great job in the AG's office. I don't agree with her on every issue. Mara and I are very different ideology-wise. Let me put that out there. But we've had good, respectful, professional relationship. Yeah. She knows state government. Kim knows local government. So having Kim with her, and I, I've said it publicly, the Baker-Polito model is a good model. Governor, Lieutenant, but they didn't always get along. They didn't always work well together because yeah. they were elected separately, technically. And I remember Ed King and Tommy O'Neill was Lieutenant Governor, and Tommy O'Neill didn't get along at all with Ed King. I mean, it's just different times. But the Baker-Polito model was tremendous. They worked so well as a partnership, never against one another. They worked as a team. And and I think that would be the case with Mara and Kim Driscoll. And then, of course, the uh, the AGs race, that was very interesting to follow. Andrea Campbell and... And Shannon Liz uh, Reardon, who spent eight or nine million dollars of her own money, wow, uh, in that race, which was interesting because Elizabeth Warren—that's one of her cries about wealthy people buying seats—and Elizabeth Warren endorsed this woman. It was kind of <laughs> a little uh, hypocritical, I thought, in that respect. But Andrea Campbell has a great story. She's a Boston City Council, Councilor, African American woman who very interesting and challenging upbringing. She she didn't have it easy. Uh, she's done quite well i and uh and she's surprising people because he she appeared to be the underdog the last few weeks uh with her opponent spending heavy on t v ads uh so anyway, congratulations to Andrea, aaron and certainly wish Shannon well also the auditors race I mean that was uh, a bit of an upset I thought uh, Dempsey seemed to me in the polls he was ahead he had good support from uh mayor Wu and others and and had some good TV shots as well, but Senator DiZaglio uh, pulled that one off. She was in here a few months back to say hello, and she seems uh, very delightful, very personable, and certainly has some good background. So that'll be interesting. What was really cool and interesting is, because I go way back with the Secretary of State, Bill Galvin, I actually worked for him when he was a state rep 35 years ago, (laughs) when he was representing Brighton, and uh, of course he's been... Secretary of State, he's, this is his uh, eighth term he's been elected to. Mm. The Democratic Convention, this is the second time in a row he did not get the endorsement of the convention. And, you know, calling for change, et cetera, et cetera. Well, he blew his opposition away. I mean, he was oh, better than wow, 70 percent of the vote. That's a huge, yeah. huge lopsided That's landscape. the power of the incumbent as well, Well, isn't yeah, it? Well, it, I, one could argue that. But in these days, is it popular to be an incumbent? I yeah, mean, there's I a lot of people saying change. The sake of change, and he falls in that category of being a an old white male, where we're, we're you know the dinosaurs, so to speak, in the political talk today, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, but the reality is, I think he was rewarded because he runs a good show. You know, when you talk about yeah. some of the election issues nationally over the last several years, you don't see that in Massachusetts. He runs a great show. He's got a good relationship with the city and town clerks, and he gets it right. So uh, congratulations to him for sure. And then, of course, we had Congressman Lynch. He was the top vote-getter vote in Quincy. Representative Ayers, Representative Chan, all re-nominated. Um, Senator Keenan renominated, Sheriff McDermott renominated, DA Morris re Peter <laughs> Collins, I think, pulled off. He was a top vote getter for county commissioner in Quincy. What am I missing? What am I missing, Mark? Did I, I
0: I think you hit them all. I, think I hit you, them all. Yeah, I okay. think you did.
1: Actually, Deb Goldberg was also reelected oh, yeah, for state right. treasurer, but she wasn't. Again, not opposed. So you always like to see more people vote, but it is easy to vote this day and age. We have 24 voting locations, early voting, mail-in voting. Still only 19%. I, it never feels like a voting day without the signs out in front. That's what you don't get at the primaries for the most part. You don't get a
0: lot of signs you get A little at bit all. of that, but you're right. You're a not bit. a lot of
1: it. Yeah, not yeah. a lot of that. That's for sure. Uh, I was out in Squam for a little while Yeah, uh, in the afternoon with Kim Driscoll and some of her folks. And uh, it was always, it, what's nice about that is you, you're seeing people that you don't see for a while coming to the polls to say hello to speak to what's on their mind. So that, that's, that's a good thing. So what are you thinking about November. I think it's more Healy's to lose. It is Massachusetts. You know, Jeff Deal is uh, is the Republican nominee. He beat um, uh, candidate Doughty. I can't remember Doughty's first name now. I just mm. went out of my head. But uh, they thought all thought that would be closer, but uh, Deal did pull it out. I, I think in Massachusetts being endorsed by President Trump is probably not a great thing to be talking about. Again, we're in Massachusetts. It's a different world. And I'm not getting in the middle of the Trump-Biden stuff. I'm just saying reality-wise. I think it's more Healy's to lose because it is... Massachusetts was a heavy Democrat, even though there's been, a, there's been a string of Republicans who have been successful at running for governor and being the chief executive officer. I think there, is some, there are some folks that look at that as kind of a balance of power thing. I just don't think Jeff Deal brings the resume as a CEO to the table, and, and I think that will be apparent uh, in the weeks to come uh, as the race develops, and you know, I don't wish him any ill at all. Um, the mayor's job Governor's job is a CEO job. It's it's running the day-to-day operation. It's leading. It's setting the agenda. It's setting the vision. And I just don't think that resume of his has any depth in that regard at all. I think that Morris had tremendous experience dealing with statewide issues. She's taken on the pharmaceuticals. She's had a good record taking on the utilities for average, fighting for the average person and those companies that were going after the seniors for you know really. A, disgusting what, what they do to seniors to try to, to get money out of their pockets. Uh, and she, she brought some new laws in place to deal with some of that. So she's been, she's been a true advocate for the consumer, which is the residents. So I, th- I think she's got some good experience there. So it'll be interesting to follow, but I, I don't see any crazy upsets in the fall. Uh, I could be wrong. Well, we will do it right here in Quincy's case. We always do. So, Nikki. I think does a in 1979, job. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wrong all the time at home, believe me.
0: <laughs> Quincy does it right. And again, you, you had mentioned uh, thank you to Nikki, and she did. She always does a good job as the city clerk.
1: Well, let me let me finish yes. with this because I said on cable, I don't know how many people are watching the cable with the. Uh, um, well, it's online now. It's more too. of a statewide race, so I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah. I'd love to find that out someday. But I, I did. Chat about, and I might have said this before, I chatted about Bernice Maida, my high school teacher. And I said how in really the first race as an adult for me to be participating in was the reagan Carter election. And at the time, we in our class at North Quincy were doing a debate for those candidates at the Long Island Hospital. So Bernice was assigning the tasks. And uh, I, I wanted to represent Reagan. And she assigned me President Carter. The kid that wanted Carter, she assigned him Reagan. That was immediately a teaching moment for me, which was you gotta learn both sides, guys. Yeah. I know where you stand, but you gotta learn the other side. You gotta be objective, you gotta try to find the pros and cons on both sides. And and I think we need that more than ever before. Today. If you remember that election in Reagan Carter, some some of you may be a little younger out there listening that may not recall, but the great debates were at the college campuses it was incredible both sides were organized at the college campuses having these great debates and and arguments now you go to a college campus if if you disagree with someone, they boo you out they shut you out they cancel you uh, the college was, was all about nurturing the mind and being open-minded and debating and discussing policy and what makes more sense and it's it's become now a college in my opinion it's it's indoctrination it's 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 mostly left wing it's it's and you look at the the numbers i'm not a Look, and I'm not a, uh, I, I understand I lean right and people know that, but I respect all sides and, you know, and, and that's the way it should be. And that's kind of what we've lost. We've lost that decorum. We've lost that respect looking at all sides. But when you look at 85 to 90 percent of professors are self-proclaimed left liberals, you can see why we're not getting a fair shake. And the same goes in the media. Our reporters and journalists, 85 to 90 percent, again, self described as liberals how do you get a fair shake if you have a differing opinion well it's too bad i think I, i'm concerned out, about
0: it it seeped out of the colleges too i was at a convention a couple of weeks ago in dallas called podcast movement and the daily wire had a booth there the daily wire is ben shapiro's organization okay they sold him a booth yeah he actually just showed up to take some photos with some with some people he just and he was just it was very friendly people wanted to get a picture with him and then he was then he left yeah They sent out a tweet to apologize to everybody and the pain that they caused that will be carried with them for years for allowing that to even happen. So that's disgusting. That's where it's seeped out of the colleges. It's into the
1: rest of us. That's disgusting. It
0: really is because you can't even have a conversation. If you disagree with them, fine.
1: That's exactly right. You could always disagree. Just don't be disagreeable. Yeah. you know, And and that's that's what we've lost. It's it's really a damn shame. Yeah, because we're all human beings in the end. We all have our own
0: dislikes and likes, and that's the way it should
1: be. Yeah, putting that aside, we also have the right... To disagree, yes, <laughs> that's right. one of the one of the basics that founding fathers gave us. Right, my, right fam, my family
0: is made up of people on the left and people on the right, and we get together and we have conversations. Well,
1: we used to. Let rest. me say this though, in in my experience observing government, most effective presidents, governors, I'll say even, govern from the middle. They may lean right, they mean may lean left, but they govern from the middle. You got to find common ground and make things happen. And that's the problem right now with both parties. You've got extreme left-wing nuts and extreme right-wing nuts. And that's who dri- they're driving the agenda today. You yeah, know, I, Most of us are probably somewhere in the middle. I think most people are. Yeah. I mean, there's, right. there's, there's issues that drive people's passion, whether it's you know, education issue, whether it's infrastructure issues, whatever the case may be. And that's fine. We all have different opinions and passions for things. But at the end of the day, you've got to find common ground, bring people to that, to that common ground to get things done. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about this in November,
0: after the election. That's Maybe fine. a little bit that's before fine. the election. But at the same time, uh, a lot's been happening still in the city. We're we're over a beautiful summer. We had a bit of a drought. Thank goodness for the rain over the past few days. No, right? Thank God, not goodness. Thank, thank God. God. Thank you, God. We needed yes, that better. That's bad. right.
1: Uh, that was very helpful, I'm sure. for. I we've think we got a, got a couple of, of inches here in Quincy over two days because it came down... Slowly, it was a soft rain, so it penetrated the ground, whereas you get those thunderstorms, quick rain hits it just it just runs off, so this was a good saturating rain. We needed it badly yeah, good and so, by the way, this doesn't help with the overall drought in the year, but it helps short term. We definitely need more uh, more precipitation before the winter sets in. well,
0: let's hope we don't have precipitation on some of the events that we have coming up because we just had a great event in front of town hall and in front of uh, old Town hall and the church of the presidents with the Quincy Symphony Orchestra and the choral, and the Quincy Choral Society last weekend, and hundreds of people showed up, and what an amazing...
1: I was able to sneak away, as I mentioned, so I couldn't take it in, but I saw some of the pictures and videos, and uh, boy, oh boy, that was a great crowd. And what a great take. I mean, such talent at the symphony and the choral society uh, equally. They're, they're just tremendous nonprofit groups that they all work full-time jobs, and they do this on the side because it's a passion. Back to that issue you're know, doing something that you have a lot of passion for.
0: Well, to me, I think it, it speaks to what you've been saying for a while. You know, that same day, I went and met my my brother for a dinner at Alba and walked through Kilroy Square and saw the guitar player, who was my old guitar player, my band, outside playing. It's activating these spaces, which is what you've been talking about, why we create these spaces, then activating them with all kinds of entertainment, right?
1: Quincy now, we come down to Quincy Center. You can come down as a family and... Find things to do, find things to enjoy, places to, you know, you get you get venues within the venue. You you know, you mentioned Kilroy Square; it's a beautiful spot. We get the uh, chamber runs the beer garden. You get the farmers market there Fridays. Uh, they have some entertainment, and it's a great spot. You come down here, Hancock Adams Common, gorgeous venue. I think it's unparalleled anywhere in Massachusetts. I think if you pick this up, it could sit on the mall in D.C. and look like it fits there. Uh, it's that kind of quality, and, and you see people enjoying this space every day, all day, and night, and that's what it's about. And as we continue to build out the square, there'll be additional public spaces, public pocket parks, areas for people to enjoy, and, and that's what people wanted. When we talked about this stuff years ago in public meetings, that was the response we're getting from people. We need more green space. We need more park space. We need more venues for some family entertainment. Well, that's what we're doing, and, and I, I think people have really enjoyed it, and it's been well-received. Yeah, it really has. Well, coming to up to the season where it probably gets the most activity, and before you know it, we'll be putting the Christmas lights up of the Hancock-Adams Commons. Let's not rush that. So. No, but it, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, that's one of the top spots in the state. It gets rated on social media all the time for yeah. people to come and enjoy it. And, hate to bang this drum, though, but at the same time, this is all paid for by hotel motel taxes when it
0: comes to the Hancock-Adams Commons, so that's something to mention because well, people we, still you, complain about that on social media.
1: Uh, there's certain people going to complain about something because they well, don't know any other. But, yeah, we built it. We got state monies for the some of the infrastructure, and we used hotel tax money to pay down the bond to do the physical improvements. So it did not come out of the general fund.
0: Uh, speaking of activating spaces, we do have uh, the big event that we mentioned today, although we'll mention it soon enough, but it's only a month away. We want to let folks know that the Food Truck and Music Festival is on, and it's going to be on for October 1st. Mm-hmm. Out uh, on Coddington Street, there's 25 food trucks. It's a big sure whoopie pie truck. Uh, is you there. know it's going to be there for sure. Right. So the cannoli trucks, all kinds. I mean, I could go on. The list is: there's 25 food trucks this year. There's five children's entertainers. There's bands. There's magicians. There's puppets. There's all kinds of stuff, and just you know, uh, there's a beer garden as well. That's going to be amazing. And, and uh, John McDonald has been putting that together, and and uh, it's it's really shaping up
1: nicely. So yeah, we've we've been, um, we've been able 1st. to. Um, John's been doing a good job. I know he works with our staff here, putting together these events. He does does nice work. That's a passion of his. But when you have the venues to be able to do it, that makes a difference. Coddington Street works well because we shut down a portion of Coddington Street. It's right by the beautiful green at Quincy High School in front of Coddington. you got the Richardson Building as a backdrop, the Bethany Church. It's a beautiful spot. It's another great location. So, yeah, that's another great one for for families to come up and enjoy. You just pay for the food. There's no admission. You can enjoy the music. Good stuff. And finally,
0: Mayor, uh, the... Schools have just opened, so Labor Day is gone. We're here in September; it's still summer, yep. technically. But yep. uh, the schools have reopened. The kids are back to school. Parents are probably very grateful, and they're all in.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's awesome. I, I ran into a number of parents while I was at the voting places, and and a number of them repeated to me what I've been hearing myself tell myself, and then we got to get back to basics with well, all the distractions the last couple of years. The learning loss has been tremendous, and it's national. It's not just not just here, but because of the pandemic and some of the other social unrest that went on, I think there's been way too many distractions. We've got to teach these kids, prepare them for the real world. they got to know their math and science and English skills. And uh, in some cases, they learn sk- other skills in, in the Comprehensive High School Quincy High. But I'm excited about the new year. Kevin and with the superintendent, assistant superintendent, Aaron Perkins, the entire leadership team. We've got a number of new principals this year, a uh, number of new teachers filling in retirement slots. Wow. Um, so we're we're in a good place. The buildings look good and uh, and here we go for a, for a new school year and I think we as an urban district do it better than any other urban districts. We really do. It's uh it's really about every individual kid in family and how we embrace them and give them a chance to succeed. That's the whole point. The teacher's job is to not necessarily to have them memorize certain things, but it's really to instill that love of learning, that creative thinking. Um back to some of the discussion earlier. Yeah. We need that uh, today more than ever, so I'm grateful for the, all of our school administrators, leaders, our teachers, our educators, our guidance counselors, our coaches, our cafeteria workers, the bus drivers, the crossing guards. I mean, they all make it. They all come together to make it work for for these kids, and we we do it well. So, looking forward to a great year. I actually, I know we tape in this Wednesday, so I have a school community meeting, my first one <laughs> of this tonight. of the school year tonight wow. uh, at Coddington. So, uh, look forward to the, a good
0: year. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about when it comes to the schools as we move forward in this podcast, as well as we invite you to join us and visit our social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, hopefully we'll be on TikTok sooner than later, but uh, we, we are everywhere. You can find us at YouTube as well. Find a lot of videos of the mayors uh, and QATV, by all means. Visit QATV and you'll find... You can watch anything from government access to public access, as crazy as some of it is, but it's all there for you to be to partake and in intake. Usually informative, sometimes entertaining. <laughs> Always entertaining <laughs> and usually informative, yes. So, folks, that's about it for today. What do you say, boss? It sounds good. I think it's a good, too. So we'll uh, see you next time here at City View with Mayor Tom Koch.